Hi, I'm Mike Brampton. And my name is Julian Hope. Welcome to Veterinary Ramblings. Right, here we go. We've got John coming in. So let's, um, ooh, I've got ooh. a feeling a lot of this is going to be me learning about him. So let's let's get John in. Alex. Yes. This is it. <laughs> oh, he's live. He is live now. Yes. What a background. Where did you get that from? Um, my uh, wife painted it. Wow. She's a she's a brilliant artist. Really wow. fantastic artist. We sat down and decided um, what because there's so many different types of dragons and some of them look very nasty and some of them look quite frankly naff. So um, we sat down with a small piece of paper and with her ability to draw and um, chose what bits and pieces would um, would go on a dragon that we would both like. Um, mate, mate, John, I know we've only and just those met. Are they. We've only just met, but it's not cool getting your wife to decorate your man cave. <laughs> you, you have to do that yourself. That's, that's the kitchen. Mm. That's, yeah. that's the kitchen. That's the kitchen. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I can't wait to see a tattoo. Come on, let's show us the tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> I, I shy away from needles. Do you? Which, which is, <laughs> makes work very difficult. Well, not really. It, it just depends on which end you're on, doesn't it? Well, I, I, I always prefer to be on the right end. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's what that's yeah. what I find. I, you know, I, I had a patient come and sit in the vaccination clinic the other day, and they said, oh, I'm, I'm, "I hate needles. I'm rubbish with needles. I'm rubbish with needles." I said, that's all right. I'm brilliant. So long as I get the end right. <laughs> it really hurts if you push your thumb through. Oh, oh yes. There we go. That's a great introduction, John. It's an absolute pleasure to meet you, my friend. Nice so, to meet you too. So, so for, for for listeners rather than for viewers. Um, we're blown away by this because in John's background there is the most amazing uh, painting of of a, a dragon, red Welsh dragon, great big uh, red dragon on a lovely orange background. It's dramatic, absolutely incredible. And and by John's left elbow there is a uh, a small but serviceable variety of rums. Yes, because because John is an alcohol. No, John is. <laughs> John is a rum, a rum connoisseur. <laughs> well, rum, rum drinker. I wouldn't say necessarily connoisseur. I I, I know some information, uh, which will doubtless come to light during the evening. Um, but uh, yes, I, I I developed an interest at a young age, eighteen, obviously. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, I've visited a couple of rum distilleries around the world. Um, uh, just because they happen to be there and to try their wares. Um, and, and you happen to be in those places as well. I did, yes, which, yeah. which oh, made yeah. visiting them easier. It, 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 absolutely, a lot easier. If you try and visit a, a rum distillery in Jamaica and you're in Tooting, it's it's tricky. It falls down, <laughs> as do I. As yeah. do you after, after a few tastings. Yeah. So, should, should we move on to, we'll move on to the rum in a, in a mo, shall we? Yeah. Um, I'm, am I, otherwise, we're going to be insensible. Hmm? <laughs> can, I, can I move on to the rum? I, I was going to have gin tonight. You have to, I'm going to have I'm going to a glass of wine to start with. Oh, okay. We'll start her. Oh, this is this is going to get messy tonight, isn't <laughs> it? <laughs> I'm going to take some paracetamol before going to bed. Other <laughs> other pain relievers are available, but not to me because they're out of reach in the morning when I can't move. Yeah. So, so John, I'm going to ask you some questions to which I already know the answer. Because we were at college together. 
Albertson. We were. Uh, qualified 25 years ago this year. That's a lo- that's a quarter of a century. Congratulations, well, gentlemen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, amazing when we're neither of us all that much older than 25. <laughs> Indeed. And it's amazing you managed to fit in a first degree first. Yeah, right, we'll leave that, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, th- I think he did. He, I, I've heard claims he did that when he was 15. Do you still practice vetting? Are you are you a vet vet or what? I, I am I am a vet vet and have been uh, through through the whole period. Um, mm-hmm. I've only had two jobs in that twenty five years, wow. uh, and both of them are in the same town. Okay, um, mm-hmm. moved down to uh, South Wales straight from college, right? Um, and uh, well, after a little uh, um, surgery um, post uh, post college. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, first job down here, um, lots of hills, nice place to live, um, yep. and uh, stayed basically. Uh, the RSPCA clinic opened in 2005, right. um, and the surgery I was at had um, some links to the RSPCA local branch. Uh, We've been working them for, with them for a, a number of years, um, and we supplied a vet on a, a service contract. Okay. Um, so I was one of the vets that was uh, was working in the clinic. Can I, quick, um, can I quickly say, John, yeah. RS, RSPCA for our American overseas listeners is the Royal Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals. So it's a, a very big charity over here. I'm sure there are equivalents in America, aren't there? There are. They're usually the SPCA. So they, they just drop the royal in a, in a number. Right. Of okay. That's brilliant. Thanks, John. So carry on. So you you you, you were working there. Presumably a yeah. small animal vet? Yes, I, I've right. only ever done small animals. Um, right. uh, e- e- even the larger dogs frighten me sometimes. <laughs> um, says, the man, says the man with a four-foot-sized dragon right on his shoulders. Right, okay. Yeah, but he, he, he's been sedated for years. <laughs> he doesn't look sedated. <laughs> he doesn't look sedated. He, he, he reminds me of the lion. <laughs> I, I think in heraldic terms that's that's a dragon rampant isn't it yes yeah but well, good job my head's in the way then yeah well <laughs> to, to protect us <laughs> yeah, to protect us and our listeners yeah um, on, John. sorry to interrupt you there. not a problem um so uh after a few years of uh, of, of that uh, i moved into rspca employee to, uh, to run the clinic full-time as sole veterinary surgeon. Um, and uh, 13 years later there, I still am. Wow. Clearly enjoying it. Yes, indeed. Yeah, no, it, it's a fantastic job on, on a number of levels. Um, being sole vet is always nice if you have the confidence to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, you can make your own decisions. Um, you don't have to spend half an hour trying to read somebody else's handwriting or work out what they've been trying to do with this animal. Because, well, sometimes I do, but that's only because <laughs> it's me. That, that's um, if you start the rum early in the morning, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> only in the morning rums, yes. Right. Um, and um, yeah, the, the the charity side of things is uh, both a challenge and a reward. Um, we work with uh, two two work streams. 
um, owned animals um, for people who qualify to come to the clinic, um, uh, and also animals that the uh, that come through through the inspectorate, um, all the strays and and and, and waifs and so on. Um, and in a lot of cases, you're the only that that animal's ever going to see, um, either because it is a stray and and and, and needs help, or um, the owners have limited funds and and uh, veterinary fees beyond the basics are are, are beyond them. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's working very differently. Um, there's the concept of shelter medicine, which um, I'm sure you cells have come across on on a number of occasions. Um, well, I, I have. I'm not sure whether Mike will have come what, to you. Uh, what exactly do you mean by shelter medicine, John? What? Shelter medicine, it, it basically comes from, initially from animal shelters, um, right. where there are restricted funds to sort out everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and you basically have to work in a way that gives the most benefits to the most animals within those resources that you have. Right. Um, so you don't have an MRI scanner to check and see um, what's going on inside the animal. Um, uh, depending on which establishment you're at, you have restricted um, toys to play with um, and restricted numbers of drugs to use. Right, okay. Um, and within that framework, you have to then uh, do your best for all of those animals and uh, and, and, and help as, as, as many as you can within that framework. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that surely on your day-to-day basis, that must lead to some very difficult decisions. It does. Um, and making those difficult decisions, I mean, it, it's not a job for everybody. Um, mm-hmm. You have to have confidence in your decisions, even more so than as, as a... Uh, as a standard vet, um, and if you take the, the the obvious difficult decisions of euthanasia, mm-hmm. um, as a standard veterinary surgeon, um, that's a difficult conversation to have with the owners at, at any point. Um, when you're looking at restricted funds uh, and, and so on um, for, for owned animals, then that can make it more difficult. But in, in some ways, um, it, it can make it a little bit easier as well, because you're there you can empathise with the owner. You're well aware of um, the, the, the whole circumstance, um, uh, and 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 you can help them come to whichever decision they're able to make. Right. Um, so yes, it, 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 it's certainly you have to have difficult discussions, um, mm-hmm. and and certainly these are discussions that some vets seem to be avoiding taking. Right. Um, I, I know exactly what you mean, and it is as a as a standard vet, if I can call myself that um it, surely not <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it can be very difficult when you can tell that the the owner has funds enough to be able to afford private uh, veterinary care mm. but still limited to some degree and, and and sometimes our job i think is in saying to the owners look you know yes you can have this done, but is is not your five thousand pounds better spent on on other things in in life? And it's mm-hmm. providing that that realism of saying that you know you, you can you can throw money at the problem. You can you can spend a lot of money, 
but that may only improve your pet's quality of life for a certain period of time. For sure. Uh, and you know, you're often faced with a question, what would you do in that situation? Yeah. And I think all, all, all I can do is, to be honest, when I ask that, I say, well, I would not perhaps go for this because I think the money is a huge amount and clearly you have other priorities for that money and I don't think it's fair to to, to, to put yourself in, in any sort of penury to, to do what you perceive to be the right thing for your dog when actually letting it have a shorter but, but, but happy quality of life is, is acceptable. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's probably it's easier for, for us, I think, when, when we've had our aforementioned 25 years of experience than it is for, for the new grads coming out who have been taught that actually the way to work up a case is to, to do a clinical examination, to do urine blood analysis serially, to refer it for MRI or CT, to refer it to secondary or tertiary um, clinicians and, and to never give up. Is that, is that not yeah. a problem with medicine per se at the moment? Because we have so much new technology, so many new tests, and sometimes are we not guilty of doing because we can and not because we should? Yeah, I, I, I think it's a big problem across the veterinary world. Um, and the perceived gold standard, particularly driven by um, insured animals, Mm-hmm. Um, is, is skewing it, and 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 you got the phrase exactly right there. What should we do? Not what can we do? Right. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and and that's the thing. And communication um, again seems to be um, dropping off the radar. You cannot do a better thing than to communicate well, and particularly communicate honestly with an owner. Mm. That that is the most important thing for a veterinary surgeon. Right. Yeah. You're absolutely right. I think. Did, did you, just to sort of backtrack a bit, uh, did you go into the RSPCA or leave private practice because you were in any way disillusioned with private practice? Um, there was some of it there, um, certainly. Um, the reduced hours uh, of the new job helped as well. Mm-hmm. Um, as always, there's a, a, a better life balance um, with, with my current job than, than with my old one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're, you're finishing earlier in the day, so you actually have time to, to have a life outside it um, while still being able to do the job in the hours that you are doing. Um, so it, 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 it's a five-day-a-week job, um, but you don't have late evenings with an early finish on another day or one day off in the week to compensate to to bring the hours down. Um, And that suits me a lot better. Um, I can come home, indulge in all the various bits and pieces that I want to do, possibly have a a rum or two, um, uh, play squash, um, uh, sort out a a quiz, uh, play play some cards uh, um, and, uh, and 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 mostly uh, which I've been doing a lot more over the last eighteen months uh, when for some reason the pubs have been shut half the time I've gone down there. Um, that's just Wales for you. Yeah, yeah that's Wales. Is. That's the new uh, that's the new Welsh government uh, bringing in restrictive drinking practices. I think the uh, um, 
the Americans tried it in the 30s, I think. Um, yes. <laughs> it didn't go down too well, you know. No. You'll start driving around in big flash cars and uh, and shooting up places and opening places called speakeasies. And saying things like, you know, I trust an Italian to bring a knife to a gunfight. Yeah. And, yeah, things like that. Yeah. Um, so, so you've you've mentioned a lot of things there. I mean, we've, we've moved slightly off betting, which is absolutely <laughs> fine, John. I've got no problem with that at all. So, you know, the whole life work balance. Uh, but but we've already ascertained right from the get go that you have an interest in rum. I do. I I have a a, a big interest in rum. One one thing about me, I have a slightly compulsive um, personality disorder. So one um, bottle is not enough. Is this what you're saying? One bo- well, one bottle is not enough. Not so much one bottle isn't enough. Um, but if I like something, I go into it in excessive depth, shall we say. I, I, I can mm-hmm. recognise that, says the man with 15 bicycles. I can't recognise that. I have none of these tendencies right. whatsoever. Really? <clears throat> none. Um, Sorry, I thought Julian was going to be on this call. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, I have um, thirty or so whiskies and um, about thirty whiskey books. Uh, I have seventy PG Woodhouse books uh, and one hundred and twenty books on on uh, Pompeii and uh, Rome. I, I don't, I don't understand what you're talking about, John. I, no, I, don't. I, I wouldn't either, because thirty whiskies doesn't constitute a collection, does it? No, I've got sixty-four bottles of gin at home here. Okay, sixty—that's pretty good. That's—I don't, don't think anyone has more than that. Well, Sixty—that's huge. John, what, what, what do you have? What a couple of dozen bottles of rum? What are they? We we cut down recently. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I I felt we've that drunk a few. <laughs> I I have drunk a few. Well, basically, <laughs> there was a rum month advertised online by the people that wanted to sell rum. Right. <laughs> was it endorsed by Alcoholics Anonymous at all? I wonder. It was, yes. Um, so we, we took the opportunity of the month to, to do a taster of a sipping rum and a mixing rum with a different mixer each night over the month. On occasions, Benice, my wife, was on duty, so I had to uh, pull up the slack on uh, from her on that one, which was a I, tough job. I think the term is finishing on a double, isn't it? Yes, that's the one. Um, and once we'd uh, we'd done the month's worth of, of, of the rum, we got about two thirds of the way through the collection uh, with the two a night. Um, so we tried each of the rest of them, uh, and there were a number that had been on the shelf for years. And you thought, oh, I wasn't so keen on that one that you discover you actually quite like. Mm. Um, so we sat down and we went through which ones we were going to keep as a core collection um, mm-hmm. that brought something new and something different um to the collection so that core collection at the moment is currently standing at 57 all right right okay. um, that's the core collection that's the core collection then you have all the others that you've bought to try or new ones that uh, you're seeing if they join the collection so we've gone down from just over 100 <laughs> and we're now down in the 70s <laughs> i think i think any of us that have got into into spirits whether it be whiskey, rum, or or gin, can relate to that because you you get tra- attracted to to a particular one, don't you? Whether it's the bottle or the label or the story behind yeah. it, and you think, let's go for that, and then it goes to the back of the cupboard because 
it's all right, but are you going to have that as a as a, a general drinking drink? Yeah, your general quaff. Yeah, mm. and it goes to the back of the cupboard, and then you sort of rediscover it a year later, and uh, maybe the taste palette has changed, or uh, or something like that. But I don't know. So yeah, okay, you win, you win. <laughs> but you, you mentioned you mentioned quizzes. Did I hear you say that? Yes, um, I've always enjoyed a good quiz. Um, basic general knowledge um, started off um, with uh, when I was younger with uh, my parents Trivial Pursuit was uh, came out and uh, was greatly enjoyed um, which started off the whole thing and a few other quiz games and then um, uh, when I was old enough at uh, 15 pub, uh, 18 pub quizzes <laughs> Um, and, and another another aside here for our American listeners, um, the legal age of drinking in the UK is 18, not 21, as many states uh, will have you uh, or restrict you to. Carry on, John. Sorry. Yeah, so I, I, I started going to pub quizzes basically, basically as a social thing, um, and then I started writing them, which right. started about 23 years ago. Wow. Um, and um yeah moved from one pub to another a, a few quizzes at one point we were going to three or four a week which was a little excessive and we had to cut back um <laughs> but for yeah for the last 20 years i've been regularly running uh, a, a pub quiz uh, i haven't done that and i'm not sure if i'm going to restart um having done eight years in the one pub um as the sole person week in week out um it's uh, certainly a big commitment did you um, not, did you not think of doing zoom quizzes during covid lockdown um in fact in fact john did john wrote the quiz for uh, the bsava congress oh right hmm. which That's was right. the most uh, the most attended social part of congress so thanks john well done no problem how uh, fabulous yeah. So well, do, you have, do you have a favourite line of questions or? Uh... Yes, I mean, I like questions which people feel they should know the answer, but only twenty percent of people can remember. Right. Um, there are good ones across the board, and if there's people have a particular speciality, like my favourite question, if somebody likes the Beatles, is uh, the Nowhere Man famous in song mm-hmm. what was his name um now the trick to this is it's not mentioned in the song right so ah. there's no point me humming the song trying to remember the lyrics no. song as, as we were all doing and our listeners will be doing now so he appears he appears in the film yellow submarine and is called jeremy You've spoilt it. You could have let uh, that one hang. I remember that now. Uh, it's funny to play with a big nose, wasn't it? Yeah. And the flower growing out of his head, yes. Hmm. So, um, okay. I, I, the um, true or false round I always quite like. Mm-hmm. Go on, then. Um, because you can have a lot of fun with that. Um, I'm the only person I know that's actually done a true or false round where every single answer was false and another one where every single answer was true. Right. <laughs> because we, people presumably will feel reluctant to get exactly. the same answer every time. Yeah. 
Yeah, because they, there's only a certain number of ones you haven't, haven't a clue whether they're true or false that you're willing to put the same answer for. Mm. Um, my favorite, <laughs> favorite true or false question of all time is true or false. Um, the name dinosaur comes from the Latin meaning terrible lizard, true or false. Everybody puts the same answer. False. It's false. It is false. Everybody anyone, thinks it's true. Anyone who speaks Greek would know that the <laughs> Latin language is not the language it was written in. <laughs> right. Okay. So the little trick there is everybody hears the terrible lizard, which they've heard of, but nobody notices you said Latin, not Greek. Right. Mm. And I love the one you, you, you also ask some, um, some blindingly obvious questions which frighten yeah. people because they're too blindingly obvious. They think there's a catch yeah. here. So how long was the six-day war? Are you willing to put your neck out there? <laughs> is it six days, John? It is six days. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> which country does the Panama hat come from? Oh, is is it is it Panama? It's Ecuador. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. Do you see, it's great. If you ask those questions seriously, then people are going to be complete. Oh yeah, oh bugger. <laughs> I I think I may be the only quiz master who's asked the quiz question. Um, which great ape has the scientific name Gorilla Gorilla? And had three teams put something other than gorilla. <laughs> <laughs> but in fact, it's um, the lowland gorilla is gorilla, 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 isn't it? Yeah. I think it was made a major in the army. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering here whether I wonder if we could get some feedback from our listeners as to whether they'd like John to put some two or three questions together for us that we could actually use every every episode of, uh, of Veterinary Ramblings, because it sounds like great fun to me. It's brilliant. Every time John comes to stay, he uh, uh, he puts my wife and I to complete and utter shame by asking us questions and sitting there smugly with us thinking, oh, I should know this. I, should, I don't, I don't, I don't. And, and, and you don't give the answer that, that you first thought of. And he says, it was the answer you first thought of. And so the next time, the next question, you think, I, I'm confident, I know it. So you give the nobody answer. Nobody would fall for that. that. No. Nobody, nobody would ever fall for that, would they? No, they wouldn't. No. Always, always. Ecuador. Ecuador. The Panama hat came from Ecuador. <laughs> the reason the Panama hat is called the Panama hat is the uh, from the building of the canal. Because right. of the um, well, the, the famous Ecuador they canal, in, they um, imported a whole load of the hats from Ecuador for the workers on the Panama Canal. So everybody right. saw them in Panama first. Mm. That's an interesting. interesting adjunct to the story. So cool. do you do you just pick up the facts, or do you uh, ruthlessly and, and scrupulously investigate encyclopedias and dictionaries to get your uh, uh, your questions. We'll just sit back and think, what interesting facts do I remember from 15 years ago? Um, 
combination of both. Um, that's why potentially I was thinking of, of, of not continuing the pub quiz that I've been doing because it was getting more of a chore to write the questions rather than an enjoyment. Right. Um, right. When you're enjoying doing it, I have a pad or the iPad next to me when I'm watching the tele, uh, television. Um, a stupid advert comes up. Um, and so, right, what 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 is advertised by um, a Rastafarian milking a giraffe while it eats a can cotton candy rainbow? Skittles. Skittles, it was. Yeah. Um, and, or, and that's come from someone who doesn't even have a television. <laughs> <laughs> you obviously probably remember that from the last quiz. <laughs> Must yeah. have done somewhere on the line. Yeah, but yeah, so something comes up in a, a program you're watching. We'll put that big news story. You write that down and you put it in your quiz six months later. And everybody says, Oh, I remember that being on the news. Oh, I remember. And then they can't remember the details then. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, I have to say, John wrote, um, he's written a couple of quizzes for me. So the BSABA Congress quiz. But also, uh, we, we did a quiz for the Friends of School Association for our school and uh, uh, had a, a group of 60 or so people taking part, uh, some of whom did really well and praised me as the quiz master and ultimately then John for writing it. Yeah. Others didn't do so well and said, what unfair questions. And I think that's... That's a fairly standard thing, isn't it? If you can answer something, then the questions are great. If you can't, they're unfair. <laughs> do, do, That's human do, nature. Do, do you do you match the questions to your audience? I mean, you must know them. You 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 have to. There, there's no hmm. point doing um, my sort of standard pub quiz um, for yourself, for example, because you're just not going to get anything, and that's going to <laughs> it's not going to be fun. For, well, that's well, it. Well, you, not you've got to get anyway. some, haven't you? You've got you've got to have a, a certain um, probability, likelihood of getting some questions right yeah. or wrong. Um, but actually, pr probability is is also your subject, isn't it? Because you're uh, you're a big poker player. I do play. Well, not a big poker player. I play a reasonable amount, but not at a particularly high level. Right. Um, it's a social thing first and foremost, um, and that's what stops it being a problem. Mm -hmm. um, because it's very, very easy to lose a lot of money in poker. To me, you cannot gamble with something that you couldn't afford to lose by dropping it down the drain somewhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I have a, I have a friend who um, he and his wife their their, their income is gambling, or at least he, he is he is the money earner. Um, and his income is is gambling. Wow. And twice they've moved into houses of you know what one and a half million pound houses, amazing places, uh, and and lost them and moved back to the semi-detached that he keeps in reserve. Yeah. And wow. and, and they both accept that. You know, there's gonna be good days, yeah. and bad days, but um, as long as they got something in reserve then they're okay i, I would i would hate to live like that yeah, live like yeah that. i couldn't i know I, I i i play poker a lot um and it's with a group of friends every time 
Um, I've occasionally been to the casinos. Um, uh, I went out to Las Vegas uh, and I came back with more money than I went after five days of gambling out there. Wow. Which was nice. That's pretty good gaming, isn't it? Fantastic. Um, so was that playing poker? That was playing poker in Vegas? That was mostly poker, but it was only on a very small scale. Right. Um, most people think of the 10,000 buy-in tournaments and, and, and this sort of thing when they think of Vegas. But I, it, this no, most people just... think of what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas and finding someone to hook up. <laughs> yeah, not expecting to hear it broadcast on veterinary ramblings. Yeah. Oops, my bad. Sorry. Yeah, so Go I, I, I got lucky. You, you have to have the run of the cards because you can work out how to play. There's different styles of play. You can read your opponent really, really well. You can get them in with a 90% chance of winning the hand and then the wrong card turns up and you've lost everything. So you have to have a little bit of luck as well. Um, And I was on a good run that week. I took part in eight tournaments, which were $50 to buy in. So nothing big. Mm -hmm. Um, And I had four wins, one second and a third. In these were only about sort of twenty or thirty people, mm-hmm. but you're picking up five hundred and fifty dollars for first, um, three hundred for second, couple of hundred for for third. Um, wow! So I was well up on that, um, and I also came back with more money on the slot machines. Oh, okay. Cool. Which was uh, it, again, it, it was purely to do with jet lag. Um, <laughs> we'd, we'd gone out there and, and the first morning everybody had woken up at four o'clock and yep. couldn't get back to sleep um so eventually we gave up and went had breakfast and headed off down the strip and and, and, and so on um and four o'clock uh, they're still operating aren't they four oh, o'clock yeah, in the morning around the clock yeah you can do anything you uh, yeah. anything at any time apparently is it really yeah yeah I, the first time i went to vegas because that's where the um the uh, western show the veterinary the big uh, western american veterinary show is oh uh, is it I've, I've been a couple of times and uh, mm-hmm. as you say you, you wake up at 4 a.m don't you because that's your wake-up time and yeah. i thought well let's go and see what's happening and i wandered down and through the hotel down to the the lobby which is the gambling area and the slot machines were still going. There were people sort of sitting there still crazed from the night before. They've been up all night because there's no natural light in there. It's all artificial light. It's all artificial mm. um, atmosphere. So you get no hints as to what time of day it is. And they're just putting coin after coin after coin into the slot machine. hitting And extra box. oxygen pumped into the atmosphere to keep you awake. Yeah. Is that right? Really? Yeah. 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 Oh, it's 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 a money well, it's a money making machine, isn't it? Of course it is, and 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 they work on the tiniest of margins. Yeah, um, and the on roulette, their margin is the zero and the double zero, so two in thirty eight um, to to take all the money off people. Because if it's just the the, the one to thirty six, every bet in in the end will come out evens. But right. that tiny percentage of having the two zeros, which take everybody's money if that comes up, is enough to keep the roulette wheels spinning. Gosh, so, so they're not, well, they're clearly making money, aren't they? They're making a huge amount of money. They are. Um, but they're not doing it in an unfair way. They're doing it Unless, in a way. 
unless your roulette re 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 wheels are rigged, but that, that doesn't happen in the in, in the main things in, in Vegas anymore. And that's right. the old uh, Mafia Run ones back in the day. But uh, yes, everything is scrupulously checked and rechecked and rechecked um, right. uh, and, and, and overseen by the casino staff and also the, the gambling board. So yeah, mm -hmm. the, you're, you're, you're perfectly safe in any of the, uh, the, the casinos in Vegas. Yeah. Wow. Uh, un unless you're victims of your own obsession for the for gambling. Exactly. exactly and that's where the big problem is you know we, we're talking here about having having a great deal of fun and you coming out ahead and that's that's brilliant but um mike mentioned then people who've been there all night and, and there are people we have to say who uh, who have a, a gambling uh dependency a gambling addiction uh, yeah and that um similarly to us joking about the about the rum and the whiskey and the gin and all that you know we we should say that there are people who suffer and struggle with all of these things and for these people who hope that there are they're helpful organizations but um often those people are not able to seek help for that it's very nice no. to say isn't it <coughs> uh, but you but you've managed to set strict limits for yourself yeah and um, and adhere to those and that's that's what it's all about isn't it I think the, all, all the gambling adverts say very quickly at the end of the the advert when the fun stops stop yes uh, but yeah. you've got to go in knowing that haven't you You've got to go in exactly thinking, okay and when i went out to when vegas, i reach five pounds or five dollars or whatever i'm stopping that's it yeah. yeah well i went out to vegas um and basically i'd saved up for two or three years Every time I won some money at the poker, at either the two local pubs that I or pubs and clubs I play with friends, um, I, I put that into a bank account. Um, and um, right, that's my money for Vegas. That I can afford to go out there and lose. Mm -hmm. um, and if I lose it all, it doesn't matter because I put it aside for that experience specifically. Mm -hmm. Um, and yes, I, I, I picked up on the, uh, on the poker, the slot machines, um, uh, I, I was basically using them to stop going to bed, something to do because there was no, no other poker events starting at the time. So right. I thought I'd try the slot machines. Um, and I put in $20 and what they do with the winnings is you, it's printed out on, um, a chitty that you then have to go and collect. So it's right. more likely that you put it back in. Mm -hmm. um, so I won $30. I put in a 20 and won 60, put in another 20 and lost it. And then mm -hmm. obviously it's still half past seven and the other two had gone to bed. Um, so I put one of them back in and the machine started flashing and it was a mini jackpot of $1,500. Bloody Wow. Hell. Mini <laughs> jackpot. Yes. <laughs> so the, the, this, the reason I'd chosen this machine is it was only 25 cents a go, and that gave you all five lines. So, because some of them are $10, $20 a, a spin. Mm -hmm. But presumably you can win a lot more with that. You can win, yes. There's a rolling one in Vegas, which you can see because uh, they're connected between all the casinos. Um, and the jackpot you can see going up and it probably takes about a second to put $50 onto it and it's going up constantly because it's wow. all the money that's earned across the whole of the strip. Wow. So Gosh. obviously everybody, just before you leave to go to the um, airport, right, let's just see if this works. Yeah. 
Um, and yeah, somebody will be getting multiple millions from that when it does pay out. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's sheer luck, isn't it? Sheer, oh, sheer yeah. Sheer. I mean, they, they, there's nothing you can do that no. it's just sheer luck. It's, well, I mean, roulette is sheer luck the same. And you can yeah. have all sorts of betting patterns. You can see what's turned up. But just because eight reds are turned up in a row makes no difference to the odds of the next one being red. No, one red doesn't know that another one's turned up before, does it? Um, John, what are you pouring now, John? I, I, I'm going Venezuelan. Venezuelan? Pardon. This one. So this is a Diplomatico Venezuelan rum from 2005. It's a single vintage, um, which Diplomatico have started doing. Um, they, they're a particularly good company. Um, they do add uh, a, a chunk of sugar to a number of their rums, um, which is frowned on by some members in the rum community. But um, most of the rum community is, if you like it, drink it. If you don't like it, don't drink it. If you like something that's expensive, bad luck. If you like something that's cheap and nasty, Good, good luck for you. Sounds like Fantastic. my sort of society. That does. I, I, I like that. I like the sound of this. I'm going to actually. I'm going to pour myself a rum now. I'm going to pour myself this rum here. Have you had this rum? Brugel eighteen eighteen. I've I've had that on a number of occasions. Yeah. Uh, Brugel Brugel eighteen 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 eighty eight. Yeah. So now the interesting the two interesting things about this rum. One is I've never had it before. The second interesting thing is, this was going to be your birthday present, John. Sorry, I'm drinking it now because I think we, we might be talking about rum and I didn't have this. Julian, you, you, you'd better give it a very flowery description so that John can enjoy I'm his going to birthday. Yes. And this is, and it's is it from Dominica or Dominican Republic? It was Grand Reserva. Gosh, no, I didn't know they did Grand Reserva of rum. Um, it's uh, what is it? I'm trying to find where would it say Dominican uh, Scotland? Oh, that's imported by the Dominican Republic. You're absolutely right. Man knows his rums. Well, he obviously does, but I do feel rather bad. And, and if you want to cry, John, then that's absolutely perfectly acceptable because I, th I think this is outrageous behavior by Jim. It's disgraceful. Um, I, I may have to have a I may have to have a run to keep me calm. Now, well, cheers. Yeah. So what, 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 what are you having? That, that's the diplomatic. You know, you said, what are you drinking? Oh, that, that one there. Yes. And then I showed I you thought, the bottom. We chatted I thought you finished it. that. I thought it was months ago. <laughs> that's, not, that that's not called distraction, Julian. That's called not paying attention. So tell, tell John, in flowery, descriptive terms, how wonderful his birthday present was going to be if he actually received it before you opened it and drank it in front of him. I, I think you really, really have liked this, John. It is, you know, it's got a toffee flavor a really sort of buttery toffee flavor the the nose do you, do you still call it a nose when, when it's rum do you, do you... yes yes we do yeah. um the same as we still call it hair <laughs> and now that's a bit that's a oh bit no unfair. you deserve this so, you deserve this it's um it's not so the previous rums that you've given me have, uh, we've described or i've described as there's a Christmas cake or Christmas pudding rums because they've had lots yep. of spice in them. And this that, isn't that. Was that, one, was that one that you described as paint stripper one that John gave you? Yeah, that was the uh, paint. Don't that mention awful. it. Yeah, don't, uh, don't, don't, don't that. say that one. No. No, I'll, we, I'll, we, I'll, use, we use that to uh, preserve our shed, actually. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, 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 the funny thing was, is that was a very nice rum, but I drank it and filled it with paint strippers. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes. No, it's interesting. The, the nose gives nothing of the taste for this rum. Um, it is quite a sharp, uh, quite a sharp smell. I can smell cloves. I can smell some herbs. And, and it almost smells like juniper. But not, not quite. But the, the taste is very different. The taste is, is buttery and toffee. Uh, there seems to be a large heat. difference between the nose and the taste in rum than there is in whiskey. Right. Right. So why is that? Uh, it's because it's a better quality of spirit drunk by better people. <laughs> um, if you are Scottish, then please don't respond to that. <laughs> well, well, I've, been, I've moved on. Oh. There's, no, it's Angostura. Angostura, okay. Is it Angostura as in the Angostura bitters? Of the bitters fame, yes. Oh, okay. So are the bitters made from um, uh, from, from rum? No, they are distilled essences of various herbs, spices, and whatever else goes into it. It's just the company also makes rum because they happen to be in Trinidad and Tobago. Um, and if oh. you're in there then and you've got a distilling set, you may as well make some rum. May as well. I don't actually believe you because the label's the right size. <laughs> okay. How about if I do it here? Is it smaller now? Oh, yeah, that's better. Yeah. <laughs> actually, that looks really good because it looks like the dragon's actually having a sip. It does. There's a dragon drinking rum. So for, 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 for listeners rather than viewers, John has held the, uh, the, the bottle away from the, uh, the, the camera and it actually um, uh, went towards the dragon's mouth. Which burst into flames. Yeah, uh, oddly enough, uh, that's, quite, and that's quite why a, you should watch veterinary ramblings, not just listen. Absolutely, you've missed a hell, a whole <laughs> heap of, of special effects there. So flames were literally coming out of the dragon's mouth and nose. Uh, they they scorched the uh, uh, the wall, John's wall, and the carpet. Uh, John's now battling with uh, with a with a, uh, a fire extinguisher, putting the flames out. He, he's got, he's got badly burned. But he's all right. Yeah. He's applying a, a bandage now, and he's back with us. Are you all right, John? I'll, I'll survive. Thank you. Great. Good. Good. Are you are you in a fit condition to be able to give us some CPD? Do you think? Um, just just let me check. John's taking a sip of drink. Yes. Good. Good. Excellent. Good. So, oh, hang on. I haven't got the count. I haven't got the, the clock ready yet. What 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 are you going to give us? Sixty seconds worth of CPD on John. Well, the suggestion from uh, from your uh, co-presenter was to, uh, to to talk about how to start out on drinking rum. How to start out it. on drinking rum. If yeah. you're new to rum, if you've never had rum before, not even having bought a nice bottle for a friend for his birthday and drunk it. So, <clears> so <throat> we, we, we have we have a, a reputable 25-year qualified vet who works on the sharp edge of shelter medicine. Mm-hmm. And making difficult decisions every day while staying deadpan and earning money also on the side playing poker in Vegas. Mm-hmm. You're going to talk to us about how to start drinking rum. Yes. Excellent. I like this. Okay. This is my sort of CPD. All right, brilliant. then, John. So here we go. Then you have 60 seconds on how to start drinking rum starting now. 
So rum is a spirit made originally from molasses, but now also from sugarcane juice and syrup. Forget the color of the rum, it means nothing. We have dark rums that are sugary and bland and some white rums that have a very deep, complex flavor. Each area of the world has its unique flavor of rum and that is the best way uh, to group the rums. With the flavor triangle of spirits, rum takes the middle ground uh, flavor-wise with certain styles of rums appealing more to drinkers of certain spirit types. Centrally, you've got the Spanish style and Barbados rums. Those are your best starters to try. The next stage depends on which other spirits you like. If you like mezcal and tequilas, then head for the uh, rums from ex-French colonies like Martinique or Haiti, or even from Brazil. If you like gin or vodka, move towards the lighter Cuban Puerto Rican style rums. If whiskies and brandies are your thing, then move towards the heavier Jamaican, Guyanese or Navy style rums. If you don't like spirits, sweeter honey rums or flavored rum liqueurs are also around, but buy the best quality you can afford because that will be nicer to drink. So, yeah. Wow, and you have nailed it. Fantastic, man. 60 seconds. How superb was that? You know, that, that's one of the best we've had. That's fantastic. Well, I, yeah. I sort of want to go down to the supermarket now and, and get some rum. Some oh. supermarkets have a better range than others. In, in, come, come, come around here, Mike. Tomorrow I've got some. Oh, okay. I'll pop over. Yeah, <laughs> no problem. Yeah. Well, we're allowed to do that now. We are. Yeah. That sort of yeah. stuff. Yeah. I'll, I'll raise a glass to that, but I haven't got a glass here. Well, quick, get a glass, get a glass. Uh, sorry, you've come to veterinary ramblings without a glass. Yeah. And all, all of the, the research <laughs> I've done on veterinary ramblings, and you come without a glass. <laughs> the the programme where we first describe Negronis as a breakfast drink. <laughs> no, it's because I was late and I've left it in the kitchen. Oh, quick, you better get it. You better get it. <laughs> that that pretty much wraps it up, doesn't it? It's a full ramble. That's great. <laughs> on, on that note, come on, guys. So listen to On you, that bombshell. Yeah. Have you did you do a CPD certificate for us tonight? So yeah, we need a certificate so that we, we can present this to uh to the RC to, to the RC, yes. yes, because this this counts probably as as CPD. Yeah. So here we go. What we Just got? to explain this, it says Certificate of Rum, Fun and Banjo. Oh, right, okay. It says this certifies that once again we have slid down the greasy pole of our own depravity. Well, well, I, hope you're, well I hope you're happy. And there's a little, little picture there. So this is a picture here of a, uh, of, of a, of a Scottish malt whisky. All right. Being used in a well-known Scottish dessert. Hanukkah. Absolutely, because of course you can cook with uh, with Scotch whiskey. There's also and a with rum. here. No, 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 no. We'll get on to that in a minute. There's also <laughs> a picture of uh, a part of Northumberland called Ginhead. Oh, I'll, I'll raise a glass so, of that. Well, you can go on holiday. With gin, so so I'm a, I'm a whiskey drinker, and and um, you know, vicariously with with Mike, my gin drinker. Mike's a gin drinker, and vicariously with me, he's a whiskey drinker. Now you're you're a rum drinker, and and I found some recipes actually in uh, in, in a recipe book, uh, which is the best place to find recipes, isn't it? Uh, it's a, using, it's a, using rum, no, right, and really. it's and it's called cooking with poo. Um, I'm not going to mention more about it, but. I just think, you know, there's gin head, there's 
Anyway, we'll move on. We'll move, we'll move on. Cooking with poo is a fantastic... Yeah. Uh, yeah, we about poo. I know we normally talk about... Uh, poo. Thai, sorry, Thai show, but we haven't yeah. discussed poo tonight. Anyway, carry on. Moving on to the other side. Um, there's a picture of me doing a, a, a full-body chimney climb in your house or outside your house. I was just going to say that outside my house, yes. outside my front a, door. A few years back. And if I could move up there to, to a picture of you hanging from a rock in the Peak District. And this was Flying Buttress Direct, which was a hell of a climb, wasn't it? it it's a tricky old number. It's a tricky old number. We, we, and we both, we both share climbing as a, as a hobby, as a sport. And we also share, there's a little picture in the middle here, uh, Asterix, we all share, uh, or both share a love of of Asterix books. And do you, Mike, are you an Asterix reader? Can I get you into it? It's really good fun. Yeah, maybe. Can maybe. I just say that hmm. Asterix, as, um, as a comic, is one very, very good. Um, hmm. Up until Asterix and the Black Gold, or after Asterix and the Black Gold, it, it has gone downhill a tad, in my opinion. Well, um, unfortunately, one of one of the comic writing team uh, passed away, and uh, that's just selfish. <laughs> All right, <laughs> went downhill. <laughs> it went downhill after, but there is actually a lot of very good general knowledge and fact hidden in Asterix. There I is. have read them hundreds of times and can quote quite a lot about all of it and there as are, we do when we get together exactly there are a number of pub quiz questions over the years that i've not known the answer but i've guessed based on bits and pieces in, in, in asterisks such as which of the um, gaulish people did julius caesar say were the most difficult to fight against and based and on the belgians weren't they Asterix in Belgium, it was the Belgians. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, there's a lot of actual knowledge hidden in those. So, secret learning. Which, uh, which uh, 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 ancient tribe knew no fear? Or which ancient uh, peoples knew no fear? We know no fear. Well, that would be the Spanish. And? And? Other, other than... The fear of flying. Uh, well, I was all new, new, no fear other than the fear of flying. Other than the fear of flying, that would be Mr. T in the A team. <laughs> I was thinking the Normans. <laughs> right. Well, on that, on but that, you're right, fool. On that surreal note, <laughs> I, I'm sorry to say this to you, John, but Julian likes to tell a joke on the show. Well, he says it's a joke. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is a problem. I've humoured him, him there for nearly we, on 60 episodes, so I'm not going to change now. And so if you like what you've heard or seen, don't forget to click like, share it with friends, or even subscribe and catch up with us on Spotify, YouTube, Facebook, or uh, or your favourite podcast uh, download. Julian, tell us the end of the show joke. Well, we, we, we spoke a lot about, um, about John's uh, various jobs. Mm -hmm. of which there are only two, to be honest, but uh, you know, various to the movie. And it, it made me think, actually, that there's, there's a certain aspect of, 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 um, of work, isn't there, of employment, of job integrity and uh, willingness to work. And there's a joke about that, which is um, Paddy phoning his boss one morning and saying, oh, 
you know, I got I got the world's worst headache this morning. I won't be in work. I, I, I don't feel well. So. And the boss says, Paddy, you know, it's a busy day. I, I'd really like you to work. I, I got the headache and everything. I can't work. He says, well, I'll tell you what I do. When I, when I have a headache in the morning, I have a bath. And then I have a little half glass of champagne. And then I make love to my wife. And I invariably feel better. Give it a go. And so an hour later, Paddy phones him and says, do you know, he says, you're a miracle worker. You worked. I had, I had, uh, uh, had a bath and I had a little half glass of champagne. I have to say, you've got a lovely house. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, may your dog go with you. <laughs> may your dog go with <laughs> you. May your dog go with you. <laughs> Cheers. Thank you very much, John. <laughs> and cut. And cut. <laughs> I, could, I could talk to you all night, to be honest with you, and, and enjoy every minute. It's it's been an absolute blast. And I really appreciate you joining us on the on the show.